Welcome to Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC and Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports in general. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and joining me this week is my Nigel, KC Onyebuchi. What? <laughs> Man. I, I mean, it's not, not. <laughs> right out of the gate, we're just like off the <laughs> We have officially went off the rails, people. Welcome. Oh my goodness! We're, it's nowhere. <laughs> I'm following along for once in the script. I'm like, all right, let me change this real quick. Bro, <laughs> just have that. What? <laughs> oh, oh man. So okay, no hey, going to happen today? All right, and 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 the man who lives with itty bitty kitties, Case uh, John Keys. <laughs> Uh, you too, huh? Nobody can. Uh, I look like everybody's cousin, apparently. Okay, you know, hey, I, you know, call me KC now. <laughs> my mom, I'm forty. I am forty some odd years old, and my mom still still can't get me right. Okay, I'm like God. I'm, I'm you. Can't, I came out of you. You know, labor and everything. You know. All right, there all right. <laughs> so, so KC, let can, yes. you explain to our audience <laughs> what what Nija is. Uh, it, it's just. Being Nigerian, it is the colloquial way of saying Nigerian. All right, so so, yeah. uh, but it was a surprise, right? Um, very much so because it is not on the run sheet. <laughs> Absolutely, I specifically changed my intro. I was like, today I'm going to be wholehearted. It's going to be sincere. Not today, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes I have the idea, but I don't want it because now you guys have been trained to read the run sheets, so I can't just put it on there, so I have to, uh, you know. Uh, so what he's saying is there's a second run sheet that he keeps nearby. Okay. All right. All right, we see your game. All right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got to get my shots in because I've been listening to the show last couple of weeks. And uh, you know y'all y'all have been hitting me pretty hard, so I I, I got to get my shots in early. <laughs> That's okay. The night is young. The night is young, and Bellator's head-to-head programming continued for another week with Bellator Birmingham facing off against UFC Ottawa in War Weekend Part Two. Electric Boogaloo. Brett Premis headlined the Bellator card, f- facing Tim Wilde in the main event, and Donald. Cowboy Cerrone looked to further cement his legacy as the most decorated fighter the UFC has ever known in his main event against Raging Al Iaquinta. But before we get too far down the path, let's check out all the results with the official decision. The official decision. This is the official decision. This is where we talk about the fights that were this past weekend. The first fight we're going to talk about is Bellator Birmingham. This was May 4th, 2019 at the Resorts World Arena in Birmingham, UK. First fight of the night is the fight we're going to end up talking all about this whole time is Raymond Daniels, who defeated Wilker Barrows via knockout punch in round one. Now, this punch was not an ordinary punch. I'm arguing that it is... The knockout of the year. I don't even think we can just stop 
trying to count because this was like a tornado kick into a punch. Dude got knocked out, was so knocked out, he was swimming. We don't even have a knockout uh-huh. type for that. <laughs> okay, so I would agree with you. It's a strong contender, but MVP is one to not to be um, challenged. So let's see what the MVP does this week. And then we'll come back to this and see if it's a knockout of the year contender. I'm calling this a cheat code knockout because that was Mm. like he unlocked a character special finishing move. (laughs) A brutality. Oh, man. It was (laughs) I mean, the the thing is, is that it starts with like he, he spins twice to get momentum and then he punches the dude like Wilker Barrows takes this punch, and it sounds like a gunshot. He falls to the ground and then literally starts swimming. I, I felt bad for him because uh, I, uh, having watched the very end of that a couple of times, you can tell that there it was all about timing. Like He almost got his, his shot off and just was a little low with his hands and just ate every piece of that punch, every mm-hmm. bit of that landed. Like There was no hope for him at that point. You're hitting the canvas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this isn't the first time that Raymond Daniels has knocked someone out in spectacular fashion. Back in 2014, he he in in Glory 16, it was a preliminary fight for the Glory 16. He knocked the guy out with a 360-degree back kick, hits him in the face, and the guy does a Jean-Claude Van Damme type split. Absolutely. I was thinking more of a James Brown or Prince split, and then just like, oh, I'm out, and then fell out. Oh man, it was he cut he cut the strings off the off the puppet. That was the yeah, was, he yeah. just collapsed, boom. So Raymond Daniels, I, I, I I'm gonna be watching his him and and see what he does next because if he can knock folks out like that, this is gonna be one of those. Those those dark horses that you're going to want to watch Bellator for. And and this is the thing that I want to say about Bellator, because there are rare opportunities for me to get really excited about Bellator. And this is one of those things. Bellator Birmingham, they put on four fights. All four of those fights ended in the first round with the finish. Pedro Carvalho defeated Derek Campos via knockout in round one. Fabian Edwards defeated Falco Neto via knockout it was an up kick and then some punches in round one and then Brent Primus I know you keep writing Primus on the run sheet the the announcer said Primus I watched the fight they called him Brent Primus unless it's in Europe or a European mispronunciation they called him Brent Primus so I'm gonna call his mama called him Primus I'm gonna call him Primus Defeated Tim Wilde via submission using a Gogo Plata. Now, when when we were talking about it, we're like, okay, well, we're going to talk about the Gogo Plata. So we're going to need to explain to our audience, like, what is a Gogo Plata? So who's up for that? Is that you, you John, or which one? Well, I'm not one to. Okay, since I do know, um, I do know the knowledge of rolling. I've never actually done this because I do not have flexibility like this. Pretty much, uh, it starts in the guard. and the guard is that the guy is on top of you, you know, between your legs without sounding, you know, no. And um, oh, he grabs God. his leg. Okay, KC, you tell us what a go-go plot is. <laughs> I'm not even sure why you threw it to us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pretty I will do it. This poor show management. I'll yeah. do it. I'll do it. Go-go plata. A go-go plata 
The other guy is on top of you. You are in guard. You wrap your legs around him. You bring your you bring one of your legs. In this case, it was your left leg. He brought it all the way up to the back of the guy's neck. That is called rubber guard. So you're trying to break the posture of the person on top of you because what they want to do is they want to arch their back to give themselves some space to be able to throw big punches or elbows at your head. So to do that, you can you can have them, you can use your hands to pull their head down to break their posture, keep them close to your chest, or you can do what's called rubber guard and bring one of your legs up and hold them down with the back from the back of their head with your leg. Now, if you're able to get your foot past their head and now your leg is between them and your body, you can pull their head down to your leg and that 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 leg is underneath their neck and you can you can submit them with a choke as you're pulling your their head down across your shin where their neck is and that is the gogo plata and that is what Brent Primus landed on Tim Wilde to win in the first round of the main event of Bellator Birmingham and now for you for the for the people who heard that please understand that this requires a f- flexibility that is almost unnatural okay you have to be extremely flexible in this because the potential of cramps and and muscle strains and all that bad stuff that that you wake up to every morning when you're over the age of 40 that will happen in this maneuver okay so forewarned is fair warned all right so if you if you if you're taking notes out there what you want to do is you want to google the raymond daniels knockout and you want to you want to google the brent Primus, and that's spelled Primus, P-R-I-M-U-S, um, submission. Those are the two things you want to check out if you're if you're following along. Let's go into UFC Fight Night on ESPN 8. Donald Cerrone versus Al Iaquinta, May 4th, 2019, at the Canadian Tire Center in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Speaking of Canadian Tire, that is the best place to go and get your poutine. So if you're ever in Ottawa and you go to Canadian Tire, check out the chip truck. Andrew Sanchez defeated Mark Andre Berriot via unanimous decision. Walt Harris defeated Sergey Spivak via first round TKO. Mirab Divashili defeated Brad Katona via unanimous decision. Shane Burgos defeated Cub Swanson via split decision. Derek Brunson defeated Elias Theodoro, the Spartan, via unanimous decision. And in the main event of the evening, Donald Cowboy Cerrone put on a show defeating Al Iaquinta via unanimous decision. I have to eat a little bit of this. Mm-hmm. Put some boudin on that. I was I was on the I was on the Al Iaquinta train, uh, but I, I mean, even Cowboy looked a little bit emaciated too. I mean, this dude looked skinnier than skinny. It was uh, it was amazing to see. Like you start to wonder, should he be fighting at that weight class? Because he looked like a dead man walking. Yeah, he well, did. Well, we've seen him uh, fight at welterweight, and he looks great. But, you know, dropping down to that, no, man. I think he should stick to being at the welterweight level and just just leave it be. Do your do – dad, do dad cowboy Cerrone at the welterweight level and just beat people up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, I, he, you know, that's my opinion. No. He's 3-0. I, he's 3-0, by the way. Yeah, so. he he's 3-0 since becoming a dad. But yeah. he, the welterweight's too big for him. I mean, this is the right spot. He needs to be at 155. Um, the, the welterweights are way too big. So, um, And he put on a show against Al Iaquinta. I mean, if you think about it, Al Iaquinta went toe-to-toe with Habib Nurmagomedov and you know, lasted five rounds with him. 
And then, and as he stepped in against Cowboy Cerrone, I figured that lasting five rounds with Habib Nurmagomedov, which is something Conor McGregor couldn't do, um, that he was going to do a lot better against Cowboy Cerrone. But it was not to be. Cowboy Cerrone had uh, had an answer for everything. And even though it seemed as Al was landing some big shots, Cowboy just walked through him. So yeah. when you land, I mean, when when you're landing the best shots you can you can throw, and they're landing solid, and the guy just walks through you, there is nothing else you can do. I felt bad for Ally Quint. It was like trying to fight the Terminator in there. It was like when Daenerys tried to set the Night King on fire, and he just smiled back at her, like, <laughs> "What you got?" Yeah, this that's is true. That, that, that's that's an accurate representation for those of you who are Game of Thrones followers. Go back and check. Season eight, episode three. Check that part. You know, freaking Ally Quinta was like Dracaris, and it was like Cowboys. Like what? When Cowboy Cerrone is fighting at welterweight, not nearly as good. So I, I, I like him back at one fifty five. We'll 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 see what happens. We're gonna be talking about uh, him a little bit later in the show. All right, let's go ahead and close the book on this one and put it on the shelf because these cards are history. Let's go to our segment where we look at the fights and the headlines that are making waves in the UFC with Finding the Angles. Finding the Angles. This is Finding the Angles. This is where we look at the headlines that are making waves in the UFC and the MMA world. First story on the on the sheet is Daniel Cormier says he has one fight left after Stipe Miocic rematch. And yes, it's John Jones. And this is, of course, if he feels that he can after he fights Stipe, assuming that he's going to win. If he still has a fight left, he wants that fight to be John Jones. Okay, so. Let's really understand what DC said. DC basically said, with the, the roundabout way about it, um, if I beat Stipe, I'm going to fight Jones. Okay? If Stipe, if Stipe beats Daniel Cormier, which he's got to understand, you're fighting an obsessed man who has set a goal that is beyond you. If, he, if, if Stipe manages to somehow beat DC, that he will retire at that point. That's what he's basically said. Because it's, it's the obsession. This dude sounds like a dude that got jilted by that really, really hot girlfriend that he knew he was outclassed by, that he was super insecure about from day one. But he dated her, and she dumped him. And now, this is what you get. Wait, to be clear, we're talking about Stipe being obsessed in this situation, right? Oh, no. Well, Stipe is, obs- Stipe is obsessed with this situation because he felt that he got dumped. So let's, so let's do this. Okay. Stipe got dumped by DC. So Stipe sat there and waited. Meanwhile, DC is going after John Jones because two times before, he just couldn't beat him. So yeah, it's a it's a jilted love triangle. I mean, uh, cue up the '80s music. I mean, this is it right here. Um, yeah, uh, any sweet six week, what sweet sixteen sixteen candles? Uh, any Molly Ringwald movie? This is it right here. This is this John is Hughes. John Hughes. There you go. Even better. So so yeah, I I mean th- this is the thing is, 
personally, I, I, I think this whole thing is kind of dumb. I'm just I'm just going to put it out there. Stipe shouldn't be fighting Daniel Cormier again. There's no reason why Stipe should have got an instant rematch. Like, Stipe, didn't, Stipe got beat in the first round. He got knocked out in the mm-hmm. first round. This wasn't, he didn't get caught. This wasn't like, you know, something like like when Cyborg lost to Amanda Nunes. This was, they they were able to fight. He got him in the clinch, caught him with an uppercut, knocked him down, and then finished him, uh, you know, on the ground to pound. That, that, that showed the dominance that DC had. I'm sorry. You don't need to get another rematch on that. Let him fight someone else. Let him fight, I don't know, someone else. I don't know who else, but not Steve. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, but so see, that's the thing. There's nobody. There's nobody that's earned that challenge. But Stipe, Stipe just lost that fight. So what has what is it that Stipe has done to earn the rematch? Not a dang thing. He just sat there and complained. Yeah, sat there and held his breath until he turned blue. Yes. So I, I just I'm I'm super disappointed that the UFC felt like that was the better fight rather than put DC in the in the in the ring with someone else. I, I hope. That Stipe does better. I don't think he will because I mean he's a boxer and he's fighting an Olympic wrestler. But um, you know, we'll we'll see. They say styles make fights. I don't I don't see how this is going to be any different. It's just gonna be longer. That's that's all yes. I that's all I see. And then the John sure. Jones fight, John Jones has beat him twice. I mean, come on. Do do we really well, need to see this again? Response. John Jones has an 84-inch reach. The the guy can can beat you on the ground. He can beat you with his hands, and he's shown that he's been able to to pick Daniel Cormier's game apart and understand his weaknesses and then exploit them. And he's got picograms. So what is it? I'm just looking at the card here. Why is it that we think that the outcome is going to be different? They say that doing the same thing. And expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. And as much as I love Daniel Cormier, Daniel Cormier is insane if he thinks that this is going to work out any differently. And I, 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 this is one where I will gladly eat crow if he can prove me wrong. But I'm looking at him with, with the side eye. And as you should. Okay. Um, this, like I said, this is, this is an obsession. Okay. John Jones has actually replied to this. And he's like, you know, give basically to paraphrase, give me a break, okay? I've I've already beat you twice, not going down this route again. But he, but he says that because he's the two hundred five champ now. I and and Cormier said that he will go to two hundred five to beat him. Now I put dollar to donuts that if Cormier says I will put this heavyweight belt on the line for John Jones, John Jones would have signed that dotted line before Errol Hawani got through interviewing him. Yep, one hundred percent. No, I, do you think so? Because I, I think yes. What does John Jones want with the heavyweight belt? It's He'd not already about the, no, no, no. the heavyweight anyway. So why not? Because and it's not about the belt. It's not about the belt. He's going to go beat Cormier. He's not worried. You. It don't matter what belt. He could have the ECW belt. He could have the WWE belt. He could have the belt from from JC Penney's. He is wanting to beat. DC. It is not about the belt, people. Do not ever confuse it about the belt. It is about DC. Wait, it so, solidifies the wait, wait, but that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm sorry, Casey, for cutting you off. It doesn't make any sense to me because you just said that if if DC would have said that he was going to put up the heavyweight belt, then John Jones would have signed it before 
uh, Ariel Hawani finish interviewing him. So why then would he do that? Because he's taking something from DC. That so it's about DC the belt. Covet. It's about DC. He wants to humiliate DC. He wants to humiliate that man, and he knows that DC is willing to is willing to put everything on the line. It's a goading trap. Okay, this is a goad. He's goading him, and he's going to tell him no to come down to 205. But he, but DC will eventually sit there and say, you know what? I'll put the heavyweight belt. Just give me John Jones, and John Jones will say yes. If this scenario happens, and I'm pretty sure it will, because I think John Jones is smart enough to see this. If he keeps his his his, his instincts in check and keeps telling DC no, eventually DC says, "Okay, if you come up to heavyweight, I'll give you a shot," and John Jones will say yes. Well, technically, DC could put the heavyweight title on the line even I, at I 205. I don't see how. No, because the heavyweight title, the championship weight at at the heavyweight is 265. If you weigh in at 205, you still make the heavyweight weight. Uh-uh, 40-pound rule, sir. 40-pound rule. No, but if they're both weighing 205, it's not the 40-pound rule. So if you you can put both belts on the line and fight at 205. Mm. I don't know. I, I That would have to be some... I would like to see how they how they maneuver that one. No, I mean, it, it makes sense, right? It makes sense but because the because heavyweight only has a maximum weight, and, and that's mm-hmm. two sixty five. If you weigh below the maximum weight and you're fighting at heavyweight, then you qualify. I mean, technically, if you fight at two oh six, you're fighting at heavyweight. Now, okay, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to, I don't know if y'all know about the forty pound rule. The forty pound rule is when. Uh, and certain states, I think, and, and the New York Athletic Commission uh, actually holds this rule in, in effect that if a fighter is more than forty pounds heavier than, if there's more than a forty pound difference between two fighters, they will not let them fight. It's called the forty pound rule. And in this case, while I understand what you're saying, they wouldn't let that happen because Cormier is not going to come in. It's not going to, you know, come in at two o five. He's going to come in heavier because he wants that heavyweight advantage. No, no, no. That's the point. If he said he's going to fight John Jones at 205, that's what he said. He said he would come down and fight Jones at 205. If he weighs 205 to make the 205 heavy, 205 light heavyweight championship weight, mm-hmm. he can put he can put his champ his heavyweight championship belt on the line as well, because to make the championship weight. At heavyweight, you have to weigh 265 pounds or less. 205 is less than 265. If they both weigh 205 to make the light heavyweight weight, they also meet the heavyweight weight. So you can put both belts on the line. Uh, like I said, I hear the theory. KC. The practice is do you, not going to work. Does it, does, I mean, do you get the, what I'm saying? It makes sense that it's plausible. But it's highly improbable and impractical. Like I, I get that theoretically you make weight for heavyweight by uh, by hitting the two hundred five, and then it's the only way that the scenario could put both belts on the line. That's that is legitimately the only way that that could happen is if they both um, weighed under the uh, uh, or met the requirement for light heavyweight. However, but, what's because it, it, highly unlikely scenario where you 
this would happen. It's Cormier's last fight. He's got nothing to lose at this point. If he's going to go out, he's going to go out as the double champ if he wins. If he goes out, then John Jones, I mean, he's going to end up vacating the, the, the championship, the heavyweight championship belt anyway. So it's it's he's got nothing to lose here. But that is but from a promotional standpoint, that is that is WWE level promotion at that point. Because okay. both belts are going to be on the line. It's a winner go home for da- for Daniel Cormier and John Jones becomes the heir apparent at 205 and at heavyweight and he can take on both all challengers. Like this is how you promote a dang fight, guys. But you got, and there is something that Daniel Cormier has to lose. He has to lose his legacy, okay? Because if he defends this, if, if once he defends the, the heavyweight belt, okay, he'll be one of. Do you know he'll be one of two people over the age of forty that actually defended the heavyweight belt? The only other person that's ever done it was Randy the Natural Couture. Yeah, okay, but that's. But, uh, I, I I get it, but but he's not going to be able to do that. If he's going to fight one last fight, if that fight is against John Jones, and if that fight is at two hundred five, if he loses that fight, let's assume that he only has the 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 two hundred five belt on on the line. If he if he does that, then if he loses, then he goes out as having lost three times to John Jones. the The fact that he was heavyweight champion is kind of lost to the uh, to the sands of time because his last fight he lost. Okay, and so it doesn't that, matter that, that he was heavyweight that's champion. Point. That's the whole point of fighting him in the first place because he's got to he's got to run that back. He's got to have that win bef- over John Jones before he retires. Do you know if he if he loses to John Jones for a third time, which unfortunately, unless he changes his game plan completely, you know it's going to happen. It's almost a, a win, not a if. Um, he will never be satisfied. He's going to be a miserable person in retirement. Okay, he has to beat John Jones. That is the only way that Daniel Cormier. That's that's what's really going to define Daniel Cormier right there. If he beats John Jones or not, because if he doesn't, and you, if you, I, I implore anybody to really listen to that that uh, conversation that Errol Hawani had with him. He said that he wouldn't be that he would be fine that he's got all this stuff to do after after he retires. That was a complete lie, okay? Because if you listen to his if you listen to his voice, he thought he was thinking about what if he loses to John Jones again, and it saddened him. Okay, you could hear it in his voice that he that is not the that is not an outcome that he wants. He wants to get, go walk away with a win. He's willing to do whatever it takes. Mark right. my words, people. All right. Speak, but he's got to get through Stipe Miocic first, which he yes. should. But, you know, there's a, there's a fighting chance Stipe Miocic wins that fight, even though I don't. It's about as academic that Stipe Miocic wins that fight as it is that John Jones uh, loses to Daniel Cormier. All right. Speaking of fights that make sense. Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone. After Donald Cerrone's dominant win over Al Iaquinta, Dana White is saying that the fight between Conor McGregor and Donald Cerrone makes sense, might actually be able to put that together this summer. Um, He said there's a couple different options out there for him. He was talking about the Cerrone fight at one point. I really don't know what 
I really don't know, but that fight makes sense. So I actually want to see that fight. I think that that's going to be great promotion when you bring Conor McGregor back. You got someone like Donald Cowboy Cerrone who's got – he's really good on the mic. He's got something to fight for. He's got a legacy. And uh, I, I, I want to see the, the Battle of the Beards. I think it, as a fan, it makes sense, and, and it's it'll be a great fight. Uh, but as someone who wants the sport of MMA to advance – and knows that as much as I hate it, um, it needs a big star like Connor. This isn't a great matchup for Connor because Cerrone does have this tool set to dismantle him. Connor needs an easier tune-up fight that still matters, right? Something that will still get fans' attention, but realistically, he, he's not going to be in a ton of danger. And unfortunately, this matchup does put Connor at risk. So are you saying that maybe an Al Iaquinta fight would probably be a better tune-up fight for Connor? I think so. Mm. I can't think of a better person off the top of my head right now, but yeah, like you, you need Connor to still be your star. You absolutely do because they've done a terrible job of finding a star in absentia. So you need to be able to build him back up. And if he takes a loss against Roney, He's got to call it quits. There, there's no more upside to him. Yeah, the other person I can think of that they would that, that I would want to see that fight um, is you bring Max Holloway back at 155. Um, and the reason why yeah. I say that is because Connor yeah. Connor Connor has the size advantage, <clears throat> and we we could see that that the 145 uh, Max Holloway, which is extremely efficient. In, in the octagon, when he moves up to 155, he's just outpowered and outmatched. And there's just a sheer body size. I mean, we were talking about how George St. Pierre really never wanted to fight at 185 because he felt like he was a true 170-er. I think that Max Holloway is probably, I mean, I've seen him bigger than 145, but he he seems to be well made for that for that weight class. So I could see yeah. you could get a big, big fight in the rematch between Max Holloway and Conor McGregor, and that would be one that I would I would favor Conor McGregor in. I like the Alia Quinta one as a tune-up fight. Um, Donald Cerrone definitely represents a challenge for Conor, and and I agree that his star will have lost a lot of luster if he if he gets defeated there because basically the fight that he wants is the rematch versus Habib, and Habib says you got to get a W first. I would hate to see that Conor would have to get three two maybe three fights before he get finds that W and, and gets a, gets another fight with uh Habib Nurmagomedov. Yep. Uh. UFC veteran Anthony Johnson arrested for alleged domestic violence. You know, it makes me sad when I read these headlines because you know, anytime you get a, an MMA fighter arrested for alleged domestic violence, it puts a it puts a a bad, you know, a, a black eye on the sport, even if they are no longer fighting in the UFC. Um, this comes from MMA Mania that says Anthony Johnson was arrested on charges of alleged domestic violence last Monday night, which was May 6th, following a physical altercation with his girlfriend. Basically, in the MMA Mania reported what TMZ Sports reported, which stated that Rumble picked his girlfriend up and carried her in a football hold after he was asked to leave the premises. Johnson reportedly told police his intention was not to cause harm, but to defuse the situation. And so 
People, when they read just those headlines and those those, those talking points, they, they seem to think that, well, this is a violent offender. This is a this is a fighter. You know, they don't, can't control their temper. But when I read the MMA fighting account of what happened, um, it said that Johnson asked her several times to leave him alone and stop talking to him. Johnson admitted to picking up his girlfriend and taking her to another room, but claims it was to move her away and that he was not trying to hurt her, but wanted to, her to stop arguing with him. So, you know, that really uh, tells a different account of what happened. In the first case and in the headline, it sounds like MMA former MMA fighter turned bodybuilder, you know, beat up his girlfriend or manhandled his girlfriend. But in in the in when you when you read deeper, you begin to see that oh, basically they were having an argument. He wanted her to leave. She wanted him to leave, and so he moved her to another room so he could finish packing up his stuff, and then. Get out. And then she called the cops on him. Yeah, I hated everything about the misleading headline, even just in how we we uh, framed it, uh, framed it as um, the arrest. And I know that that's the headline, but that is it, the headline. Is in, in every way, shape and form misleading. It is. So. And that's why I wanted to to read it as it was presented and then offer up. This is what really happened, you know, or allegedly happen and 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 so that way we could be like see how this is misleading yeah no no makes so, sense uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of anthony's and hope that i mean not to be the defender of all things uh, i don't know i'm just like based on the two different accounts here it, it doesn't seem like this is going to be a whole lot it was just people in search of a headline yeah and i, I just think that it's it's tough for the sport were you going to say john uh, clickbait, basically. Yeah, it's clickbait. Um, yeah. this, I, I feel bad because, you know, if you really, like you said, if you really read it, this is the man was trying to defuse the situation. He wasn't trying to, to you know, escalate it as we've seen with other MMA fighters. You know, he was actually doing, he was doing what I would say any other man would probably do with his, you know, just take her to a different room, leave me alone, I'll pack and I'll go. And that's what it was from what we're seeing here. Yeah. Oh. All right. Um, Olympic champion Jordan Burroughs defeated Ben Askren 11 to 0 by technical superiority in Beat the Streets charity wrestling match in New York. Um, this was an impressive thing. So um, Ben Askren was part of the U.S. Olympic team and. Uh, no, he is now in the UFC, still undefeated, by the way. And uh, he was in a, a charity wrestling match versus Jordan Burroughs, Olympic champion and four-time world champion wrestler. And Jordan Burroughs just took him behind the woodshed. I read the account of, of the wrestling match, and it was basically Ben Askren could not do anything. He was just ragdolled back and forth for 11 points, and they just stopped the fight, just, you know, like skunked. Mm. Well, I don't know because uh, I recall you defending Connor vigorously in his uh, boxing bout where it looked like he he was getting worked by an amateur. Uh, these do these charity events really count in any way, shape, or form? Well, they they don't. Um, you know, and what I w- what I was saying is that you know, in when Connor was in the boxing match, he, you know, he was. I don't know that he was seriously trying to, to try to fight this dude, but the dude was definitely serious. Um, you know, maybe Jordan Burroughs was 
going harder than, than Ben Askren was. But, you know, they definitely did a lot of trash talk in the media and in social media. Um, and maybe they were just playing it up for, for, for the fans. But uh, you, you, you never want to get skunked 11-0. Come on, bro. Like, can you score one? Fair. So, anyway, I just thought it was interesting. You know, Kamaru Usman was uh, was pretty pleased with the with the outcome. Talking smack to Ben Askren uh, after the outcome of that fight. Ah oh, man, I would I wish I would have seen that because there's a lot of there's a lot of bad blood there, and uh, I'm excited for those two to eventually match up. Absolutely, I think, and I and I think they will. Um, if uh, Kamara Usman gets through Colby Covington, which I fully expect him to, and Ben Askren beats Jorge Masvidal, I think that that's a perfect time to uh, to have that match between Ben Askren and Kamara Usman. Though I'm not a fan of Ben already having a title shot, I, I do want that fight to happen. I mean, he's, he 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 started fighting the number five dude in. You know, and he now he's fighting uh, Jorge Masvidal, who is legitimately in the in, you know, if not in the top five, he's in the top ten. Those are two two big two big fights. Why wouldn't he? I mean, who is he going to fight? So, anyway, that's it for finding the angles. Let's get into the fight card. Just when you thought that war weekend was over, there is another head-to-head matchup between Bellator and the UFC. Bellator 221 on the zone featuring Chandler versus Pitbull, May 11th, 2019, in the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. There are, looks like, five fights on the card. We've got the next round of the Welterweight Grand Prix. On this card as well, Taiwan Claxton versus James Bennett. You got Jake Hager versus TJ Jones. AJ McKee, undefeated, 13-0 versus Pat Curran. Douglas Lima versus Michael Venom Page, undefeated, 14-0. This is the next round of the Welterweight Grand Prix. Uh, John, what do you think? You think Michael Venom Page is gonna is gonna be able to show up our our, our knockout champion Raymond Daniels or what? Yes. Um, if if they were to get in the ring with each other, I wouldn't expect it to go past the second round. I don't know if they're in the same weight class or not, but I don't think they are either. But it would, see, this is why we need to go back old school, one weight, free weight, and just let them go for it. Well, if we did that, then John Jones and Daniel Cormier could put both their belts on the line. Exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't think Michael Venom too. Page is going to get a knockout, a finish. I mean, Douglas Lima is stout competition, but uh, we'll we'll see what Michael Venom Page is able to do against this one. And then in the main event, Michael Chandler versus Patricio Ferrer, aka Patricio Pitbull. Uh, this is going to be. It, it doesn't say for a championship, so um, that is the main event on that card. So let's do some flash fight picks. Let's do Douglas Lima versus Michael Venom Page. John, who you got? Venom. KC. One hundred percent have to go with Venom. He's hard to to bet against. It's just foolish. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
Douglas it. Lima Do has it. shown me. He's shown me a lot, but I, it's hard to go against Michael Venom Page. I'm a, I'm a stick with the, I'm a stick with the MVP. In the main event, Chandler versus Patricio Pitbull. Who you got, KC? Um, I'm gonna say Dolly. Who? Dolly. <laughs> Dolly. Uh, I mean, John got it. Thank Pitbull. you. All day. All day, every day. Only on days that end in Y. Wait, what? (laughs) Look, we'll have to do this offline because clearly you don't understand who Pitbull is. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, the rapper. Oh, The entrepreneur. The the media icon. Dale. Where does Dale come from? That's like 90% of his words. Yeah, Dale Fuego. Oh. Wow. Okay. All right. So we know who's gonna get who's gonna be playing Pitbull in the morning. I know. I'm gonna be listening to it all night tonight. Got to catch up on my Pitbull. You just you just hit me with the pop culture reference that I did not catch. Oh boy! Don't don't do it around your yeah. Leave the kid. Make sure it's away from the kids. All right. I got you. All right. So Casey's got Patricio Pitbull. Who do you have, Mister John Keys? I will take Patricio Pitbull. It's going to be experience over on this one. Uh, he's he's just a weathered veteran. Um, he's really good. I'm I'm good with him. Okay. All I got to say is I got Michael Chandler all day, every day. The dude talks to God, and God does not have any problem with him whipping that tail. <laughs> per Michael Chandler, quote hey, end quote. I just want to know is Crow Cato? I mean, honestly, is is Crow Cato? Because You've been eating a lot of it lately. I don't know. I, you know, I might be losing weight, all this crow that I'm eating, but I don't think I'm going to be eating crow on this one. Michael Chandler's going to win this fight. I am extremely confident. Going into UFC 237, Nama Yunus versus Andrade, Saturday, May 11, 2019, in the Junice Arena in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. We have five fights on the card. Diego Ferreira versus Francisco Trinaldo. Tiago Alves versus Lorano Strapoli. Jose Aldo versus Alex Volkanovsky. Anderson, the Spider Silva versus Jared Cannonier. And then for the women's strawweight title, you've got Rose Thug No Hair Nama Yunus versus Jessica Andrade. Let's do three fight picks Jose Aldo versus Alex Volkanovsky. Kate, uh, John, what you got? Man, damn, Rio. I got Jose. All right, that's it. KC. Yeah, Jose is 100% the king. There, there's no way he loses this. I mean, he, he's been just getting better with age, to be honest. And as his career is coming towards the end, he, he's fighting with hunger. I, I think he brings it. All right. I have Alex Volkanovsky. That dude is an up-and-coming fighter. He has been running through folks. I like Alex Volkanovski. I know that I'm breaking rule number two. Do not bet against the Brazilians in Brazil, but I'm going to go ahead and break that break that rule as I pick Alex Volkanovski. All right. In the Anderson Silva versus Jared Cannonier fight, KC. Uh, I got to go with Cannonier here. Just Anderson's lack of offense for the last several years is, is catching up with him. So... This counter-striking style has is, is become way too easy to figure out how to win on the cards. John, you, 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 this is this is your chance for the uh, for the veterans. What's it called? 
Uh, I'm sorry, the the veteran. Uh, well, first the, of all, the mature let's, league. Let's, what is it? Uh, all, all, all the masters division. The masters uh, division. The the potential champion of the master division. Look, this is this is widely considered Anderson's last last fight. So um, I'm giving it to Anderson Spartacilla. I think he's going to leave it all in the ring, and it'll probably lead by when I say leaving it all in in the ring. That includes Jared's body. Uh, I think he's going to do something very destructive to that to the poor guy, but there must be a sacrifice. All I know is um, Jared Cannonier, when he fought David Branch, that dude was a man among boys. He just blew David Branch up. Now, I'm not saying that Anderson Silva is... David Branch, but he's going to look like it. <laughs> I don't know about that. I got Jared Cannonier. I think he's going to smash the spider, and it'll be a very sad sending home of the once great Anderson the Spider Silva. And in the main event of the evening, champion Rose Thug No Hair Nama Yunus versus Jessica Andrange. KC, I know who you like. Who you got? I'm going with Andrage here. What? I know you think I was going to go with uh, Rose here, but just realistically, uh, the, the pressure that Andrage brings is, it's it's intense. She, she's fighting with a lot more power than I think um, uh, JJ was fighting with. And, and kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, as, as much as Rose is able to withstand a barrage and, and keep her composure, I just feel like the incessant pressure of uh, Jessica is going to be too much. John. First fight back in over, what, a year, year and a half now? Uh, that's scary. Uh, I have to, I, I'm, I'm generally with this type of fight, I have to see them at the weigh-ins to see where their mind is at. Just off the paper, I'm going to have to say Jessica Andrade. She's, I think she's got a chance here because, you know, Rose has got a little bit of rust on her. A lot of it, actually. So I don't know if she's ready to, to, to take a punch to the face yet. But well, like yeah. I said, I'll wait till the weigh-ins to um, ultimately get my prediction. So this one, this one is, is, is tough for me because, you know, when I, when I look at Jessica Andrade, she has she's lost to to Joanna Young Jacher. Mm-hmm. And 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 so what is it that Joanna Young Jacek brings that Rose doesn't bring? I mean, when you put Joanna Young Jacek and Rose Namajunas, that second fight was pretty close, could have gone either way. So I, I think that the style that that Joanna Young Jacek brings when you when you have someone like Rose uh, Namajunas, she she should be able to execute the exact same strategy that that Joanna did, and and should be able to walk away with uh, with with the victory. So, you know, as much as I would like to to go with uh, Rose Thug No Hair Namayunas, I gotta go with Jessica Andrade as well. Uh, see what I did there? I made y'all think I was gonna pick Rose, and then I was like, no, nope. not nah, really. Yeah, really. yeah. To, to go with Rose at this point. Yeah. Good luck. All right. Yeah. All right. So, follow us on social media on Twitter. I'm at CST Ryan. 
I am at something. I don't know. I don't use Twitter. I was waiting for John because John uses Twitter. Oh, yes. I'm at Keys to Victory. With an ES. With an ES. On Instagram, I am at Combat Sports Talk. And I am at Push Pull Prey. Is that the one where you sing? Uh, no, that would be obfuscated. Is that the one where you're you're looking at all the the scenery in Colorado? Nope, that would be unfettered joy. Wait, is that the one where you have like the dinners and you talk? Nope, that's purposeful dinners. <laughs> There's also a secret account if you guys need me to troll somebody. I do have my Instagram. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and 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 John is is what 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 what's your Instagram? Uh, same thing. Keys to victory. I'm still working on it. You know, I'm still working on it. I'm trying to get, I'm, I'm trying to get everything right. So if I post to one, it posts to all. So all right. If you if you're there, for all my two followers, thank you for being patient. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, we have merchandise, but check us out on our website www.combatsportstalk.com for all your merchandising needs. Um, we have a section for live events. We haven't had a couple of live events because it was like my anniversary and now I'm going to be out of town and there were some other things that was inhibiting my ability to go and watch the fights. So it's like it, it might not be till June before we get another live event with George G. Money Stallworth. I am I am missing that dude and his insight watching the fights. I ain't missing you at all. Missing you. Our theme music is composed by Scott McCurry at scottdeancountry.com and KC Onyebuchi produced our lead-ins. I want to thank you for joining us for another edition of Combat Sports Talk. For KC Onyebuchi and John Keyes, I'm Ryan Smith reminding you to keep your hands up, your chin tucked, and throw balls.